0: Thanks for coming back to MIT Podcast. Today, we have this amazing guest, uh, Megan, coming in to share with us on her story on what she has been doing on real estate. stage business is also one thing that she is currently doing. Uh, Megan, tell us uh, more about the staging business. What, what are you currently doing and are you taking clients and all that?
1: Um, yeah, we are taking clients. Uh, we're trying to grow that um, significantly right now. So I started my staging company because I had reached out to a lot of staging companies in the area and just was really unhappy with the options I was being given. Um, One thing for me as a flipper is like I wanted to know right out the gate, like, how much is this going to cost? And um, staging companies a lot of times will want you to do a consultation, but they make Mm -hmm. you pay for the consultation. And to me, I just felt like you could give me a free quote. Why, Why can't you just tell me the price? This isn't, it shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be this like complicated, complicated. Um, and so I just said, how would I do this? If, it, if I made it as simple as possible and as least resistance as possible from the client's perspective, what would this look like? And so I completely flipped the staging model on its head, made it very affordable, made it high margins, and then made it very simple and then also made it so that I can over the phone tell someone what it's gonna cost, um, not have to meet up with them, not have to take their time or my time really um, to tell them how much it's gonna be, and I don't need to charge them a consultation fee for that.
0: Awesome. So, um, what what drive you into getting into stage in business? I, I understand you you mentioned about you know the existence company are being so complicated and all that. Do you have A need, or that uh, this staging company is going to help you on your, you know, the the real estate business and all that. I mean, is is that the one of the reasons that you're getting into staging business?
1: Yeah. So I wanted to stage one of my flips, um, and I had reached out, and they just made it so complicated that I didn't end up staging it. And I got tons of feedback of like, "Well, there's no room for a dining room table." And there really was a lot of room for a dining room table, but it's just an open concept. So a lot of times people can't really see that from the blank slate, how they would set it up in their life. Um, And uh, the the Association of Realtors did a study that said that staged houses sell for 6 to 9% more than unstaged houses. So we ended up actually having to do a price drop on that house. There was tons of negative feedback about the, you know, not enough room for a dining room or whatever. Um, and from that, I just said, you know what, I'll just, I'll just do it myself next time. I'll stage my own. So I started staging my own flips and then we started staging um, our own listings or, you know, our clients' listings as realtors. And then from there, other flippers started reaching out to me asking if, if I would do it for them. So I said, you know what, let's just blow this into a full-on business. Um, at, at this point now, we've staged we staged 80 houses last year um and i think we'll probably double that this year nice. um so it's yeah it's really booming
0: this is what entrepreneurship is about right you see a problems you address it and the demand follows and you basically do a do a, a full size business on it it's yeah. fantastic um and uh, one thing i'm uh, you know the, i'm curious about you know you mentioned about 6 to 10% price difference you know, between the the stage and on stage one, mm-hmm. um, h- h- like how how does it happen? I mean, I I I don't I, the th- I guess the thing I don't understand is why why people are why the realtor, especially the agents, are not suggesting the customer to stage it. You know, if there's a, such a big gap.
1: Yeah, it's it's really crazy to me because it it pays for itself, and in all reality, like if the agent paid for staging for their client, the agent could say, hey, because I'm paying for staging, I'm gonna pay my own commissions, right? Like I'm gonna be able to sell your house for 6% more and I'm charging 6% commissions. Hey, I'm paying for myself. So yeah. for us as agents, it's an easy sell when we are selling to like FISBOs of trying to get them to list or for to let us list it. Because I'm like, hey, I'll stage it for free. And I'll list it and that will end up paying, I'll pay for nice. myself from that. Um, but even from like a flipper perspective, if you're only paying less than 1% to stage the house um, and then you're going to get another 6 to 9% over it, it it's a no brainer. Like everyone should be doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, would you say even in the market today, we're still seeing 6% and 10% difference or does that, the 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 market condition would also drive it.
1: Um, I don't. I think we would still be seeing that. Um, it you might not get six to nine percent over ask price, right? Um, but those houses are gonna sell for more than unstaged houses, and mm-hmm. so there's been over the last couple of years this like massive run up. Everything was going over asking, so it was almost harder to sell staging at that point, because people are like, well, you could wrap a turd in tinfoil and it's going to sell yeah. for over asking, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so do I need to stage it? Because obviously it's going to sell. Um, and, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, but maybe you'll get more, you know, of that bidding war $40,000 over asking, um, than, than ask price, right. That's valuable. And, and now that the market's kind of slowed down or at least chilled out, um, I still think it's beneficial to stage because we're still seeing, you know, some of those multiple offer situations on staged houses, but you're not really seeing that on unstaged houses.
0: Mm, I see, I see. So other than the demand, what would what would you say to be the the determining factor to be successful on the staging business? Um, for us it's
1: it's Um, we've created it to be very systematized. So, um, when I started it, a lot of my flipper friends were like, this is not worth your time. Right. And as a flipper, as someone who can make $30,000 flipping a house, I have to think about what is my time value worth? And am I taking away from flipping to do this staging thing? So for me, I wanted it to be very, very hands off. So I had to start it. I had to do some work to start it. But at this point, uh, my assistant completely runs it. I don't ever stage houses anymore. So I needed it to be very systematized so that I could remove myself from that. And then now it just makes money for me in the background. And I love that.
0: Hmm. Can you give us a little more details on what you had have, have to do initially to set up that system and what that system looked like?
1: Um, yeah, so... Um, we had to figure out how to market that, right? Um, How to get clients and then how to um, price it, how to invoice for it, um, our books system in the background. And then, you know, where do we get product from? What is the approved products? And then um, for us, I I say that our staging company is kind of the Chick-fil-A of staging. Like if you want filet mignon, if you want Shoes staged in the closet, go pay for filet mignon. Like this is not it. It's Chick-fil-A, right? It's just basic, pretty decent. Like it'll it'll get the job done for a pretty good cost. Um, and we're not open on Sundays, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, it, so we had to set up what are the items that are needed in each thing, right? Like mm-hmm. if you think about any kind of a franchise, let's say Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. every, every single one is going to be the same, right? There's going to be a bun. There's going to be a chicken. There's going to be two pickles. There's never three pickles, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's the same every time. And so we just created that system of like, okay, a living room is always going to have a sofa, a love seat, a rug, a coffee table, two end tables, two lamps, two greeneries on the coffee tables and then a greenery on the, the coffee or the end tables. Right? So like it's just creating this system, and then I don't have to do it. Then it's not an artistic thing, it's mm-hmm. an equation. And then right. someone that's maybe seventeen year old girl could get that equation and then make it just re- on repeat every single time.
0: Round it, right, right, right. But uh, wouldn't you be uh, requiring different type of like furniture, like stuff to stage the property? Like, how do you overcome the the variation required?
1: Yeah, so we do almost everything like very neutrals. So some staging companies will be like, oh, I have this yellow set and there's all these pops of yellow. But then if maybe you don't need a certain item or you don't need like that big of a couch, but you can't mix and match as well, right? So hmm. one of our things is like all neutrals. Um, which helps us to be able to mix and match better, and helps with our inventory, and kind of the flow of of mm. furniture. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing for um, to keep our margins good.
0: Right, right. Have Have you experienced any buyer that come in and take and and look at all all the staging, and was just requesting, "Hey, I'm going to buy the house, but I want all the furniture to stay."
1: Yeah, we actually have. Um, we get that fairly often and we price it so that it's um, our cost plus uh, some margin so that we make money on that. Right. And I think a lot of times when I actually say that number, people don't want to actually buy the furniture. So they'll request a quote for it and then they find out, oh, OK, it's going to be four thousand dollars and they're like, never mind, I don't want it. Um, which Mm. makes more sense for me. Like I would rather not sell it because then I have to go, or my person has to go shop it and maybe rebuild it or whatever. Um, And I think it doesn't make sense for them because once they actually look at it and go, do I want to spend $4,000 on this stuff that's moved in and out of a house 20 times, you know, it's, it gets a little dinged up and stuff when you actually look closely at it. Um, So Mm. they don't usually buy it.
0: Good point. Good point. Yeah. I, I, I remember, you know, one time I was shopping for a house. I was just walking into a house and seeing all these stage furniture. Initially I thought it was, you know, the the owners. And I was like I was like, oh wow, this owner has a style. And you know, um I was asking, hey, can we buy the house with all the furniture? And then we figure out it's a staging, you know, company and all that. But great, awesome. Um, and, and, of course, those kind of, um, you know, settings, you know, allow you to free yourself and the business is still going to run without you. Right. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Are you currently just serving a specific area? Uh, I mean, maybe some of our listener you know, listening to our conversation would be interested.
1: Yeah. So right now we're in um, Lincoln, Nebraska and Omaha, Nebraska, and then probably like a 20-mile radius around those cities, so those small towns. Um, but I would like to be able to open more locations. So um, towards the end of this year, I want to franchise this business and start opening up um, different locations. So that's that's exciting for me.
0: Nice, nice. Um, so other than other than the staging company, um, it it appears to me that you have formalized this. You know, um, build, like building the business. If you can make it simple enough, if you can make it, you know, systematically um, that would be a success. Um, what, what, what's in your mind, you know, down the road, are you, are you looking to create more business that just follow this, you know, uh, principle or you're basically going to focus on the current few business and trying to grow it?
1: Um, currently probably just focus on the ones that I have right now, um, and then trying to grow it. Uh, I'm continuing to, to try to systematize my flipping business, Although flipping is um, significantly more complex than staging, so it's been harder trying to systematize that, um, but I definitely think that we've gotten it to a point where um, within the next year, I could probably step away from that one as well, and it would, it would run mm-hmm. itself. Um, so that's kind of our goal is to just be able to build those up, um, continue to add rentals to the portfolio, and then... Uh, maybe be able to move out of Lincoln or at least be able to travel more uh, full time nice. within the next year nice. or so. Yeah. So
0: basically you're you're building up a machine to add rental to your portfolio. Yeah. That is awesome. Fantastic, Megan. Um, before uh, we wrap up our interview, um, is there anything you want to uh, add that we missed?
1: Uh, I don't think so. If, uh, if you're listening Listeners want to follow me, follow me on Instagram at uh, the Taddy Investor. Um,
0: I was yeah. going to ask that. How can people find you? Is it the, the main um, channel?
1: Yeah, Instagram. Yep.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, one thing that we always ask our guests are the book that they they would recommend. Are, are you a book book reader? If so, what is the book that you would ask people to read?
1: I am a book reader. Um Man, there's so many good ones. I just recently read The War of Art and absolutely loved it. Um, Talked a lot about resistance. So, um, you know, sometimes when we're called to do something, um, especially something great, we have so much resistance around it. And so that was just breaking down resistance and making it almost like the enemy so that you could wage war on that resistance and kind of do what you're called to do, do your art, whatever that is.
0: Wow, amazing! I'm going to read it for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Megan, I, I I really appreciate your time today. You've been uh, uh adding a lot of valuable content. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks.